Hey, Taylor. How in the fuck you get here anyway? Well, you look educated. I volunteered for it. You do what? I volunteered. I dropped out of college and told them I wanted the infantry, combat, and Vietnam. You volunteered for this shit, man? Believe that? He was a crazy fucker. Stuck in the middle with you. Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. Sometimes you just gotta go. I think who is that? That's like a one-hit wonder. I know it from Reservoir Dogs for sure. Yeah, but, uh, stuck I, in the middle with you. It's done by I can almost hear Stephen Wright saying it from that from the Reservoir Dogs oh, album. Yeah, yeah. Talk about one of the most brilliant things that not only am I going to be able to pick one of the best soundtracks ever of all the music. Quentin always does that, but to be able to go to uh, Stephen Wright and be like, I want you to do just basically you the monotone you to do the soundtrack for it's great k billy super sounds of the 70s continues he was he was great he was a great comic he's dead he's good no he's alive i just saw the um the george carlin documentary on hbl max is really good it's done by judd apatow and it's two like episodes so it's like three hours total and it's just filled with Bill Burr and all his famous comedians talking about him and everything. And Stephen Wright's one of them. And he's just, he's old and gray. He's just, it's a gray-haired guy. And I've listened to all those comedy podcasts, and everyone says glowing stuff. He's one of the most famous comics to come out of Boston, uh, Stephen Wright. Yeah, so many, knows him there. so many comics come out of Boston. Yeah, there's so it's many, that, so many that stay, though, because it's, and that's why it's Bill a hard. Bill Burr, he's uh, a Boston dude. Yep. Joe Rogan, I mean, uh, so is, he's uh, a Boston dude. Craig Fitzsimmons, yep. big Boston guy. Yeah, Rogan for a little while, but Rogan was a floater around there. So you know what he did for a living? What he did? Delivered Boston Globe. Oh, that's right. He did. I didn't. Yeah. I did know that. He talked about it. He talks yeah. about it in some of his bots, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so how you been, man? I've been good. Been you, playing a lot of golf. We knew that was a thing. Especially, it's got to get hot out there, though, right? It's pretty hot. <laughs> the I go thing to the, is, I go to the uh, mailbox. Here, I got to change shirts. The, I secretly like the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you're nothing you're feels better if you're out in the heat and just sweat every toxin out of your body, and you got to. I think you and Matt deal with the heat a lot better than yeah, I do. I heat. love it. And the, here's the thing: I cannot get anybody to play golf with me between <laughs> noon and five. Like. I'd do it. I, I can be. I'd go with you too, just for a round. Not even. I, I'm not sure I'd be interested in playing. I, I think. Well, I'd I want to film. I'm going to drop that YouTube channel, and I, I thought it'd be. Funny. I don't mind doing. I thought it, it would be day. funny if I had you come out to direct the first one, and had Arthur Motes come on and and do a Zoom with me on the first one, and it'd be like, what? doesn't everybody's first podcast get a, 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 yeah, a, I mean, a real director? <laughs> I uh, we should be making just stuff. me on the there's course. A, there's a new movie. Uh, there's a new movie. Out coming out called Dash Cam. Pull up the trailer if you listen to people. Dash Cam. It's filmed completely on iPhones. And uh, I think it's getting a lot of slack about where to release it and what to do with it and everything. But it looks great. I played the trailer, but I think what people are pissed about it is it, it looks like it's a callback and no one wants this callback. It's it's like it's like high-waisted jeans are coming back. Ew. And... Uh, it's the kind of a callback to the Cloverfield shaky cam. Okay. And people are like, oh, God, we already lived through that Thought shit, we got man. rid of that. Yeah. I mean. And I agree with them. I, I, it had its moments. I loved quarantine. Well, here is where I, I like the shaky camera. And it, 
it's literally if you ask me what's the best handheld camera action Narc. sequence you ever saw, I just ring nope. thunder. Because <laughs> nope. Narc is a would good one. Would be the fight in the German apartment in uh, Born. Uh, Born. Yeah, that's not as. It was very good. Like, but yeah, like, very messy and quick movements. It is, but you could tell that it was still. I mean, it wasn't. It was still refined. It wasn't the beginning of Narc. Yeah, it was still refined where Narc was yeah. just put this on your shoulder and run, motherfucker, yeah. run. <laughs> and didn't uh, they do that in the in the second uh, uh, 28 days later? Yeah, or they tw- do it. In, I mean, basically, they do it in both of them. It's kind of both the style, but they were done by two different people. That first one was Danny Boyle, and the second one was, uh, shit, who did this? I mean, I if you want to do it in your opening scene... To add a little chaos, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think it's good. I don't want. I don't want to sit through a whole goddamn movie like that. That That would drive me nuts. Yeah. So, but yeah, good. Well, we'll I'll go out there and sweat and uh, well, see, I would go out there just to sweat. So, or we can go out right after you got off work, and it's super cool. Yeah. See, I don't even mind that. I don't mind being out there during the heat. I don't mind it, but I don't. I don't. We're in a cart. Want it all the time. (laughs) We're in a cart. Yeah. So there's a cover over the cart. You got Mm -hmm. your drinks with you. You can pull in the shade. It's, it's. Not, I don't know why I can't get people to play with me. I would play every day. Yeah, it's and it's the summertime thing. I think because that's how it was down south. Remember, people were like, it was cheaper to like it's play golf down south. It's cheaper to play down. It's cheaper during to play the summer. in the summertime. One because the people from up north go away. Yeah, back down there they did. Here it's not so much. That's true. Um, but. I think people don't want to do it. There is a portion of people yeah, that don't want to do it. Most people. <laughs> when I, You're one of the crazy ones. I'm one of the crazy ones. Like, I'll walk um, in and and, uh, and I wouldn't even make a tea time, which they hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if it's two in the afternoon and the whole, like every cart they own is parked out in front of the <laughs> club shop. I was like, come on, guys. What are we talking about here? Like, I'm a member there. And they you just come in and it's like, uh, what's her name from Ghostbusters? We got one. <laughs> yeah. It's probably more like that. And uh, then sometimes I'll blow their minds. I'll say, no, I'm going to walk today. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no. now, you're, like, now you're just going crazy. <laughs> That's Because uh, I walk all winter long. I walk up until like yeah. about June No, it makes first, sense to stop at some And then from June point. 1st to October 1st. Right, unless it's before, if you go out at eight in the morning, it's nice. Yeah. There's a point where you don't want to die. Okay, we got a podcast to do. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, see any movies this week? Did you watch anything? I didn't. I didn't. Uh... I try to watch a movie every morning, like when I get up. I've been watching a bunch of good ones. And... Oh, I saw Ooh, Dead Solid Perfect. Oh, you again? Where'd you see that? Where'd you find that? First of all, <laughs> uh, YouTube. It was on YouTube, huh? Yep. Because I know the uh, stream with ads. Free, free, free with ads. I don't remember it being that great, but it, it was golf, about golf. I mean, I, it, you don't I'm have really on a golf kick right now, so if I felt like I liked Randy Quaid. I always yeah. liked Randy Quaid. Oh, he was good. He, and this is sort of like a serious role for him with snarkiness, but still serious. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it's it's not a comedy. Yeah, it's weird. I remember it being weird. I remember it was You would lacking. have to like golf. I remember like it was lacking movie. a lot of stuff other than some good nude scenes of the girl. Yeah, and uh, she she had a moment in the eighties after yep. that girl. Uh, I think she was in Vice Versa, and she yep. was in a couple other things. But uh, so some of the movies I watched uh, this week, and it, it kind of ended with a, like a depressing slew of movies. But I'm not going to talk about all of them. But but Blue Collar was unbelievable. It was Harvey Keitel. Uh, it was so it's Harvey Keitel. And um, Richard Pryor, and then there's one more actor, and I can't remember him. Oh, no, uh, Yafat Koto. So 
Harvey Keitel. I was going to say Lou Diamond <laughs> Harvey Keitel, Yafat Kodo. I, I'm going to talk about this movie because the last two movies I, I can't you really can't talk, talk about, about much because it's just too fucked up. So Harvey Keitel, Yafat Kodo, and uh, Richard Pryor, and they're all like blue-collar workers at like a steel mill, and they're all pissed off, and they hate their job, and they plan to rob the office. And that's all I feel it like is. I've seen this movie. And it's really, really good. And then you realize that the company, it was one of those situations like family business where the, the company mom. was doing and some serious shit and that there was no money in there but there was a ledger that showed what they were doing and they they kind of broke down how to break they they took they showed the pictures of each of the guys and they were like well this guy is very ambitious we're just gonna give him a race and that was richard Pryor. and they were like uh the harvey Keitel, this guy's trying to get his family money will do it with this guy and then with the afi coda they're like this guy's a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie goes on from there and you get to see how Harvey Keitel is disappointed because Richard Pryor is like, I'm taking the raise, man. He says, I'm trying to raise a family. I'm black. I have like, they showed how poor he was at one point. Like they blackmailed him with the ledger for this, for this stuff or yeah. they, or they, well, the, he the was company gonna... knew about it and they said, what well, get the ledger back and give him more money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were like, we, there's no need uh, to blackmail us, we're gonna make this good for everybody. It was a very interesting movie, man. Maybe it was easy just to kill him. Paul Schrader, I think, directed it. Who was the writer of Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. and he did a lot of stuff. I think he wasn't was he con- one of the ones on Jaws too. Uh, Jaws no, one, not Jaws. Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader was a little bit more grungy of a guy. He, I think he was. I want to say Bad Lieutenant was somehow connected with him in a little way. Maybe wrote one of them. I'm not sure, but. That, that was amazing. Uh, Blue Collar. Definitely check that out. A couple of them that I'll just... Uh, ski School 80s kind of TNA movie that actually was better than, better than I thought it was because yeah. there was a lot of them uh, back then and kind of going through which one is the better one, I think Ski School is a really good. Watch Devil's Brigade, Brigade, a great war movie with... Um, what's my guy from the, uh, uh, the Bridge on the River Cry, the American... Was, uh, Holden, William Holden oh, whoa, whoa. was really good in it. Uh, the Island with, uh, I watched 1980 with Michael Caine. There was like pirates that took him and his kid on the island and they pulled like a hook and got the, the kid to hate his dad. Nice. <laughs> and then they, they kidnap Michael Caine and they want the kid. It was almost like No Escape meets Hook. And uh, I had never heard of it. I was like, The Island? What the hell? I, wa- I rewatched Company of Wolves, which I only watched once when I was a kid. Remember the cover? Where the guy's head was, and it was a wolf it coming morphed, out of his mouth. Like, it was coming out of his oh, mouth. Oh, okay. And it was very It's disturbing. a horror movie. It was a horror movie, yeah, yeah from the I've 80s. Seen it. Uh, and it was basically the retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. And Angela Lansbury was the grandmother and everything, and Stephen Ray was in it. It was great. I thought it was a lot better than I remember it. The Layer of the White Worm, that's the one oh, with yeah. uh, that cover Hugh it. Grant. That was a great cover. <laughs> Amanda Donahue was in it, and uh, Hugh Grant. Really good. I loved it. Uh, Trick or Treat was a great one. <clears throat> Not the new one that has... Were you the, in the discount bin? Is that what you got? No, this is ones that I've been buying. I just have... I own about... I own close to almost 3,000 movies, but there's a good 400 that I haven't seen. But I know that I would like them or that I would get to eventually. So I'm just trying to work I wonder, those. I wonder how many movies... Obviously, you don't want to own every movie ever made. But I wonder what the number would be if you bought every movie that you... Ever wanted? And I'm, I'm doing it currently. So. No, I know. But well, I'm saying, where does it get to? Where's yeah, I don't know. Five thousand? I no, can't imagine there's two thousand more movies gets, out there that you haven't seen. Or it gets want harder to see. every day. 
uh, to, to find a movie. And there's even a point where there's a couple movies I've watched and then I'll file away. And I'm like, you know, I didn't really care for that. Why yeah. am I filing yeah, it away? Yeah. I just need to not take it. Like I, I tried to watch that Atomic Blonde with uh, Charlize Theron and it was so fucking bad. Was I was like, I just can't get through it, man. And then I put it back in its fucking case and I was like, no, nah, I just can't put it back in the pile. Anyways, just to get through these. Uh, Trick or Treat, which was a great one that uh, had guest starred like Paul, uh, no, Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne, but it was Skippy. From uh, from Family Ties, is is into heavy metal music and he does the backward masting on the LP and the demons tell him to kill somebody and everything and it's all like it's crazy I'd never heard of it I was like fucking Skippy, uh, Bullets Over Broadway I had I watched a couple Woody Allen movies that I feel like I should at least have seen uh, like Hannah Sisters and Bullets Over Broadway Bullets Over Broadway is brilliant man so fucking funny it's like Noises Off it's Noises Off but it's John Cusack and Diane Weist and uh, uh, Chaz Palminteri was hilarious in it. But then I ended the week with some fucked up movies that I really can't recommend. If you're a Lars von Trier fan, check these movies out. That's what I could say. They, uh, one of them won the Palme d'Or uh, two, two, three years ago maybe, and it's called Titan. And it's basically a uh, woman has sex with a car and is giving birth to you don't know what. And that is the least most interesting part of the movie. It's, it's, it's a wild ride. And watching it, I've had to watch half of it through my They're fingers. They're in French. It's France. It's it's subtitled. It's in France. Uh, heavy on the gore, heavy on the violence, heavy on the nudity. It is a difficult watch. I will, like I said, I can't recommend it to anybody, but I loved it, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. And then it, it grows on you. Like two hours after seeing it, I'm still thinking about it. I'm thinking about the next day. I find myself <laughs> that, ordering it. I ordered it on Blu-ray. You so sure I got you just weren't miles. traumatized, and that's why you were no, thinking about it? No, it was good because okay. you're th- you're thinking of the stuff that's between the gore and the shocking stuff, like or the weird stuff with the yeah. uh, with the being pregnant. Plus, with that type of movie, it's always like what effed up. Yeah. Thing am I going to see Well, next? then I watched her. It's a French director. Her name is Julia. And it's a D French name right after that. And she's only done two movies. Her and Ari Aster are my two new favorite horror directors. Ari Aster is the one who did Hereditary in uh, Midsommar. Uh, but... Her, her other movie was Raw, and it was about cannibalism, a, uh, a vet student who uh, got the taste for blood while she was there, and it's almost like a horror movie. She's waking up, and she's biting people, and she's attacking her sister who gets the taste for it and everything, and it's a fucking crazy wild ride. I told my girl, I was like, I'm going to have to watch a slew of like Disney movies like the live-action Shaggy Dog and uh, Absent-Minded <laughs> Professor next week just to kind of blend it all together. Plague, plague dogs. <laughs> so... We are back for another, and that's our, our big 15-minute opening and everything. But yeah. we kind of want to recap everything we've watched and give some, uh, <coughs> some uh, nuggets of... hanging uh, on every word. Some nuggets of movies to watch, because there's a lot going on. Me and Justin mainly talk about movies in the theater for a lot of times, but I, I go in a lot of old DVDs kind of with you. But we're going to talk one of our top hundreds and the other one's top hundreds, and we don't know which ones yet. We're going in here kind of blind. So I think I'm going to pick Dave's first, and then Dave will pick me, and these are going to be our two movies. So it's crazy. Uh, not We went so long with knowing what movies we're going to talk about, and we can research them and do nothing uh, or do some uh, background checks on them and everything, but we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're advanced podcasters now. I would <laughs> suggest to just start right out talking no. about something. Or maybe, I don't know. Well, no, this is a smart way to do it because your mind's usually not going to blank on one of your top hundreds on, on your list. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see if it happens. It might happen today. But, all right, let's pick a number for you. Uh, number 74. 74. All right, let me get my phone. I was unprepared for this. Yeah. Oh, I got my phone. Okay, what do you got? I had to go find my list. Is it a good one? Taps. Taps. Oh, man. 
I love taps. I could talk about taps all day long. So that's a good one. All right. Let's do it for me here. One of the best George C. Scott movies of his later years. All right. We'll talk all about that. Why don't you pick mine for me next? Let me pull up my 100 list. How about 75? Oh, you're going one up. I like it. I like it. Oh, you're going to love this one. Platoon. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) This is right in Dave's way. So this is going to be an actual war kind of pod here, too. Let's talk about uh, Taps first. I love fucking Taps. We watched this, I feel like, way too young. (laughs) I feel like we were the age of the kids there. Yeah. And I was, for some reason... Let me look up. I'm going to pull it up while you're talking here. Go ahead. I always have been fascinated with military stuff, but there was a time period in my life where I thought military service was something that was possible or inevitable. (laughs) I mean, the 80s were kind of a weird time to grow up because it was full-blown Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we were dealing with... I mean, there was uh, nuclear war... the Oliver, the Oliver North, yeah, the trials Iran Contra hearings. I yep. mean, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. I remember having to think like, I'm going to have to sign up for it. So this was 1981. Yeah, this is young. We were young then. So we probably watched it. Excuse me, we probably watched it in like 1983 when we got cable. When we got cable. So I probably would have been seven going on eight, which is way too friggin' young to be watching Taps. I mean, it was the there same was some disturbing stuff in there as a little kid. There was some movie. disturbing stuff. The the electrocution yep. of one of the kids. Just the the fear of the kids that were closer to our age in the movie. All right, let's we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk let's a little back. bit about. If you don't know what Taps is, first of all, it's tapped with some serious actors star power. that have not been the only person that was a big star at this point was Timothy Hutton. Yeah, he Timothy had just won the Academy Award for Ordinary People. Ordinary People, and uh, he was big. He was like the uh, the flavor of the month. Yeah. But, but then up and coming. But I still think uh, Sean Penn had but, still done Fast Times. I think, okay. or maybe not. Fast Times was what year? Now I got to look that up. Had been seventy nine. Right, let me look Fast Times. Go ahead. Can you imagine seeing? Sean Penn as in in his role in Fast Times and then eighty two. This was a year after. It was after. Okay, yeah, okay. That's so, yeah. crazy that he could go the other way with it. Yeah. He was such a he is such a great actor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Tom Cruise, who who was an absolute nobody. I had watched the making of this Strange Enough, and there was some really good stories I can share. And uh, one of them was that Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise was just on the like guard team, you know, where he was just going to do the rifles on the parade day as one of the background people, and someone didn't show up. Uh, that needed to be in the front row, and he got moved to the front row. And they said he was so unbelievably dedicated. Like he show, learned all the drills. He, he showed up and he perfect. learned it on his own. And he was so serious. And he was like snap and snap. And while they were filming, they d- decided to uh, give him a different role and move him up. I and, wonder who and, got bumped. Yeah, I wonder who got bumped. Really, <laughs> because or maybe they just created that role completely. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it had like a. It had like a Lord of the Flies element to it. Yes. In that, the, it's a good comparison. it was a closed off community of the, now the children. So what ends up happening? Do, the cadets, they're cadets. So they're cadets at, at uh, West at this, Or it's somewhere it's like West Westmoreland. Westmoreland yeah. or something. Well, it was based on a real one? Or was it, it they just used a fictional they one? They just used a fictional one, but I think they might, where they filmed it was definitely a, was definitely a military academy. Oh, for academy. sure. For sure. So basically, this is the, they're at the graduation in the beginning and they find out that the school is only going to be around for one more year. Yeah. And then it was going to be decommissioned and the land sold off for condos. So George C. Scott is the beloved. 
headmaster, general, whatever they call them. Yeah. And he makes this, everybody's devastated. Yeah. And, you know, the, Timothy Hutton, he was, he was okay because he was going to graduate next year. So yeah. he would be able to finish, but the other kids would have to be transferred to different. And that's probably traumatic. If Sean Penn, I think, was going to graduate. Some of those kids too. have been going there since they were like, yeah, eight. This isn't just a. This one of isn't the, just a high school. There's like junior high kids. One of the little kids was the uh, was Randy Quaid's kid from National Lampoon's Vacation. Okay. The boy. Okay, he was the one of the ones I think that they ran ran towards, the, the, towards gate. the gate. Yeah. Uh, so they have this big ball to celebrate the end many, of the year. How many kids do you think? A hundred, hundred fifty, hundred fifty to two hundred. Okay, we're at the school. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, so they have a big dance. And the the locals, the townies, townies never can trust <laughs> never the townies, trust man. A goddamn, townie. goddamn socius. <laughs> yeah, man. What a bunch of never trust a townie. Oh man, it's so that way in so many movies though, but it always works that way in real life. Yeah. That's why it, it works. That's why it works. <laughs> breaking away, breaking away had a great uh, townie kind of cutter kind of thing going on. The whole movie was like that. Wait, we, we could that could have been like a whole category early on. Is like uh, groups that don't get along. <laughs> you know who you don't make fun of? Highly trained Marines. Yeah, yeah. Or test them. You know. I mean, they aren't Marines That's, yet, but yeah. they're they've been doing they've been doing basically boot camp every if day. If you're in a bar life. and you're talking smack to guys in uniform, you're fucking stupid, dude. First you're of drunk, all, the, or you're drunk out of your mind. Well, maybe. the crowd's going to be against you yeah. first off, unless every one of them's your friend. Yeah. My God. But so the it, it started out innocent enough, whereas. They were just parked across the street drinking and throwing beer cans and wolf whistling at their dates as they dropped them off. And then one of the guards interacted with one of the ones and then a brawl broke out. And George C. Scott went outside to try to calm the brawl down. Mm-hmm. And a townie, the goddamn townie, <laughs> jumps on his back and grabs his service weapon that he had, a decorative service weapon for his dress uniform. Yeah. But it had a round in it. And he shot one of the other townies in the chest. And they came and arrested the... They came and took him to jail, mm-hmm. and uh, he, then he had a heart attack, like in jail. Man, and this was like their dad, basically oh, for the last. Yeah. I mean, if you were a senior there, they've been they've been at the school for would have been eight a, years. Would have been a whole different story if he was an asshole. Oh yeah, they would all high five. Like, ah, him. fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> but because he was so close to him, it really kind of hit a nerve. Yeah, and then they they kind of broke. Who broke first? It was Timothy Hutton, right? I mean, Timothy Hutton, whose dad was Ronnie Cox. And because that's when the decision was made that he wanted to. So what he wanted to do is basically force, force them to into negotiations. So he, he, they got together with the higher ups and Sean Penn was, didn't want to do it. Yeah. Sean Penn was like, dude, we're going to, we're moving on. Let's, uh, let's just ride this out. In hindsight, he was correct. He was correct. (laughs) Spicoli had it right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Tom Cruise went out of his mind crazy but it, it was a great scene because so they they were like they had to go to town to get provisions they knew if they were going to lock themselves in at the beginning mm-hmm. of the new school year so it's it cuts to the beginning of the new school so the kids will show up they go to pick up stuff They and the truck breaks down mm-hmm. and then somebody goes out in the street and shoots some rounds in the air and freaks everybody out. Mm-hmm. So they high tail it back and then they lock it down. Yeah. Then the National Guard comes in. When they actually take the the armory, it's just great. Yeah. Where yeah. You, they're you doing can tell inventory them. and one yeah. of them's like giving him flip and then he's like, you know, there's a people yeah, have with yeah, an elevated position go, already <laughs> down there. They did all like, that. Like, and then the, 
then the word was passing. I love when the word starts passing to the other students because some of them were excited, some of them were absolutely not. Mostly the younger per- kids were not, but the older ones were like, we took the school, we took the school, we're going to make them do this kind of thing. Yeah. And then, But come on, man, you're at a military academy, you're... You're looking forward to your like retirement already the second you like sign up for that type of thing, you know, and you're I, you just know it's not going to go bad. I love the negotiations where they would have the tents outside yeah. and Timothy Hutton would come out with Sean Penn and they would talk to Ronnie Cox and Ronnie Cox is just like his his dad who's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? What the hell is wrong with you? Most of those kids don't have hair wound between their yep, legs. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was too. And you, you got to see the bad stuff that happened there, like the guy getting electrocuted, yep. the, the kid who, who wasn't able to uh, take it anymore and just running at the... Uh, um, at the fence because at night remember the, they lock, lit the, the scene lockdown with the, they lit the scene with like those big floodlights but also like tank tanks. tanks they had like tanks outside and there was like a whole you could you could see that there were people there but you couldn't see anybody because of the lights yeah so when the kid was running there there might have been 30 soldiers there behind uh behind the gate and everything and that's when they just uh because he was running with his gun in his hand that was like the big thing right yeah. and that's why they shot him didn't he get didn't wasn't it an accident? Didn't he drop his gun and around went off? I don't. Oh, maybe I'd have to uh, rewatch. I haven't seen it in a while. I thought so it was good. an accident. I don't think anybody shot him. Yeah, I think he he panicked and dropped his weapon and maybe his weapon discharged and because it was the two kids mm-hmm. that were sitting in the and like remember his mom came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the parents. <laughs> that's great. They, they had the, the over parents the megaphone. do over the megaphone. We love you, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I would do if I was in charge of it. I'd say, get these parents on. Yeah, and they they put us and a bunch of them. Just wanted to leave. Yeah. Like, and, and what's his name? Uh, Timothy Hutton. He couldn't believe it. He's like, but we're Democrats. We're Democratic society. Not Democrats. Democratic society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can go to a military academy. Democrats. <laughs> I suppose you can. Maybe. Not you all gotta Democrats. Least, you got to at least skirt the edge. <laughs> so he took a vote. The first day he took a vote and only, nobody left. And he's yeah. like, we're in solidarity. And then like two days later, they did it. But they did it a couple of different times, remember? And they just showed the... People getting what was less and less. What was shitty about it? Not shitty in a bad way, but uh, for the characters, when especially when you're rewatching it as an adult, you really get the indication that Timothy Hutton realizes he took it so far, but there's no turning back now. Yeah, there's, he can only look forward. Like, he can't go back. Only, He's already fucked himself. A, a, well, it's like, a win is only if you negotiate. That's the only yeah. Get, what I mean, you get in negotiation it's is the very only win. similar to somebody in the middle of a bank robbery, and then before they get out of the bank, the entire front yeah. of the street is is covered, and you now you're at that point where you're fucked. You just don't know how fucked you are. That French one was good. The Killing Zoe. They robbed it on yeah. Bank Holiday. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, the cops shoot right up. <laughs> with, yeah, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Eric Stoltz was like the only American in that. That was a Quentin Tarantino like produced yeah, kind of joint right there. It was good. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. It's Like I said, like when you rewatch it and everything, you kind of feel bad for Timothy Hutton. But then he just keeps pushing forward. And Sean Penn, some of the arguments him and Sean Penn got into, I mean, that's kind of where they... Because uh, So the way I look at it is like Sean Penn and... And um, Cruz are his shoulder angels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is the, still, the reason one, which is the pen one. And Cruz is like the fanatic. Yeah. Like he he's Marine all day long and wants to win. Cruz is scary in this movie. And then he was the one that really, because you, you feel like Timothy Hutton 
had kind of if he had temporary insanity, uh, Tom Cruise was completely off the deep end. Yeah. At, at the end. Yeah. And we should talk, we'll talk about the end here. We're going to spoil it a little bit. If you haven't seen Taps, it's, it's not going to ruin it uh, to, for a reason to watch it and everything. But if you want to skip forward, you can. Well, they, just, they should have just waited him out. Yeah, because would have run like, out of food. <laughs> this is like a, uh, a 1981 movie, so we definitely can spoil it. So <laughs> it, it was coming down to the end, you know, and it was early that day. I, I love the tone that was set. Who directed this? I'm going to pull that up too. Uh, I love Well, the, he told him the night before, remember? He said, come Don. We're take, retaking this. Like, he had him out, remember, in the rain? Yeah. And he was, like, disrespecting him. Like, he, he wanted him to speak to some of the parents. Harold Becker is the director. Okay. He was he was also known for doing Malice, Sea of Love, Mercury nice. Rising. So he had done a bunch, of, good uh, bunch of decent stuff. Uh, so, yeah, and obviously Tom Cruise had different plans and everything because we had never seen him. We saw him a little wild in it, but it was almost like seeing Tom Cruise all of a sudden on Oprah's couch <laughs> when yeah. they came across that room because the uh, I think Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn were still arguing when the firing started because, remember, the firing started and they don't know what the hell is going on. Who's firing? Are they firing at us? Uh, are, is somebody here firing at them? And then they run upstairs in that one shot that is probably a, a shot that no one will ever forget. And it should be on Tom Cruise's, like... Uh, bio picture? Bi- bio picture or his reel, like his film reel. Red beret, full and fatigues. When he is at the window. I don't think he's got his... Does he have his beret on when he's doing it? I Maybe think not. so, yeah. Uh, so he's, Tom Cruise is at the window with... What kind of gun would you say that is? It's a fifty cal. My Mounted 50 cal. He's, he's got a mounted 50 cal and he is shooting just completely like crazy towards the gate and he is wild and he's he's like sweaty and he says, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. And he's just shooting and shooting and shooting and they end up rushing him and to, uh, to stop him and pull him down. And man, you realize, ah, uh, they could have gotten out with it not escalating any further than it already did. And then one guy just completely lost it and everything. It was great. I yeah. love, and it definitely advanced all three of those guys mm-hmm. uh, acting wise. Uh, it was a great kind of, Thing for George C. Scott, kind of towards the latter half of his career. I mean, he went and did a lot of great stuff in the later of his career. I mean, I think Twelve Angry Men, uh, Exorcist Three was super good uh, film for George C. Scott. He was amazing in it. But I mean, this was early on. Timothy Hutton. It, it's weird. He's not done as much movies, and he was the golden boy back then. After he did winning a lot the of Oscar, TV, didn't he? he went on and did some TV uh, and stuff, and he did a lot of decent stuff. I mean, like Turk One Eighty Two. I like those. Playing guys, God, he doing was good TV in, stuff because you can have a life. You oh, can yeah. have a normal life doing TV. Yeah, you can you can be home at yeah. night with your kids yeah. and everything. It's just a job you do during yeah. the day. Whereas you want to do movies, you got to fly to different places. Yeah. And in that, and for some people, that's the glamorous yeah. lifestyle, which is great. But if you just want to, it's not a, it's not for everybody. It's, it's not, not everybody. it's not re- uh, relationship conducive. I would imagine, you know, if if you, it wouldn't work for me because me and my wife hang out together like twenty four hours a day. Yeah. It it. But if you if you're people that don't mind seeing each other and you have other things to do and other lives and uh, but for kids and everything, yeah, it would be hard. We should give props to Tom Cruise. I haven't watched. I haven't had no interest to go see Top yeah. Gun, and I wish I did. You know, it would be great on the big screen. That's what I keep telling myself. Go see it. It's good on the big screen. Everyone seems to love it, but I was not a huge fan of the movie. I don't hate the uh, the original, it but it was kinda, like it was a, it was kind of hokey. But it had hokiness too. I, the, and I rewatched a little later, and it's a very bro movie, you know. Yeah. And I don't much care for bro movies, and 
rewatching the trailer for this and from what everyone I heard, it, it, it's a bro movie once again. Okay. I mean, it seems like they are just hitting every moment that happened on the other ones. But it sounded like that's what people wanted. It so made a lot of money. It did make a lot of money. And I'll see it. I just don't think I'm going to see it in the theater. If I'm going to the theater, I want to see Crimes of the Future and there's uh, other movies that are coming out uh, that I definitely want to check out in the theater uh, way before that. But it's the biggest uh, grossing movie. His I mean, I will, be, I will be there for... He this. must have come pretty close with some of the Mission Impossible. Maybe. The new ones might be different, too. I mean, people are back in for the theater, for sure. But the uh, certainly anyone's going to revisit the How are they getting people back in, do you know? Are they discounting their tickets? Giving away no, free popcorn? I think just people are ready to do stuff, and they don't, they're don't. they not dropping a whole shitload of like big blockbuster movies all I at the same time. I stopped wearing my mask in the stores. I still do it. Like about a month ago. I still do it, just because... I didn't. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I have no problem doing it, you know. And uh, but, anyways, yeah. So good on him. I'll go see the Mission Imp- the two new Mission Impossible's in the theater, though. That's for damn sure. I saw that last one that we did, and it was uh, I w- did not disappoint. So if he's gonna do any more action movies, he needs to do them soon. Yeah, I don't know what the next movie to see in the theater would be for good me. Shape, Let me look real quick. Have like dates set up here. Uh, yeah, see, Jurassic World comes out Friday, and I I uh, don't need to see that uh, in the theater really. So, so Thor: Love and Thunder, July eighth is going to be the next uh, big movie. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind the, seeing the Jordan too. the Jordan Peele Nope movie is going to be pretty good there. So there's a lot of good uh, movies coming out this year, but I uh, some of them I can wait. You know, the the only thing I've been interested and in, I haven't really pursued how to watch it yet is that. And it might not even be finished. Is that they're doing an updated JFK? Yeah, I've heard about that. I'm not sure it's out yet. I'll have to do some research on but, that for uh, you too. But I know it's supposed to be good. We watched JFK is in my. I, it isn't number one through ten, but it is in my top ten. It's in your top ten. Yeah, it's in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. I would assume that. I think I could probably guess. You could your probably top name guess. my top ten and maybe and we, miss one. Yeah, but that's about it. I don't think I could. I could name a few on Justin's. I'm not sure I'd be able to guess his top ten. There's. Yeah, and there's some movies, and, and this is probably, like, I, like the movie Spotlight. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. But it, because of the subject matter, it's almost like it can't be in my top 10. I had to be ruthless with my top uh, my top 100 for sure, because, I mean, if you own 3,000 movies, I mean, that's, and I'm picking 100 of those 3,000. I mean, it's, it's a lot of good movies. That's 3%. Yeah. So there's a lot that's going to be left out. I that's just had three percent. Yeah, <laughs> I had to like really come to terms with you're going to leave some good shit out. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, but let, yeah, let's go into mine. We I don't think we watched this when it first came out. Yeah, because this was like '86, I yeah. think. 1980 was it? 1986. '86 is a pivotal year for a lot of movies in my mind. Uh, let me look. '86, uh, yeah, uh, because it was the year of Big Trouble in China. It was the year of Aliens. It was a huge blockbuster year, and I think. Uh, Platoon had taken a bunch of the awards at the ceremony. So you almost got to think, when I think Platoon, you almost got to think what uh, war movies preceded it, you know? And 1941? I don't... Uh, <laughs> so we were, we were still watching, like, Apocalypse Now, and... But had uh, we even watched that at that point? I pro- feel like... Maybe. No, I'm talking about just released into the masses. I can't remember how much... What was the biggest war movie before uh, Platoon? Because Platoon almost became the biggest war movie because Full Metal Jacket happened in 87. It, there was a good chunk in the 80s where some of the best war movies ever made came out. I you mean, know? Bridge Over the River Kwai. Bridge Over the River Kwai was a, was a great... But it's not movie. like a... like. I mean, there was... There was shit tons in the 60s and 70s where it was like... But that was a, like, That was a subgenre. What's the one when they were... 
the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, Dirty Dozen. The the, the Devil's one, Brigade. What's is the, the one exact with the same bank thing. when they were getting the gold out of the bank? Oh yeah, uh, Kelly's, Kelly's Heroes. Heroes. So there was a whole bunch of like that. I mean, because we grew up. My, okay, here's a better question. What's a Vietnam movie? Was it like the first Vietnam movie? I don't. Can you think of another think Vietnam it movie? There had to have been. There had more. to have been another one before that, but yeah. I can't think of a big one that was as realistic as this. Now I cannot. Tell people enough that if you own the Blu-ray, watch the documentary. It's phenomenal. Because one of the best things about this movie, and it'll be interesting to talk about, is the fact that um, uh, he started a boot camp for these actors. And once again, similar to the Taps, it was a bunch of young actors. Actors that you forget were even in the movie, like Forrest Whitaker, Johnny Depp, uh, but the ones you know about. What did he say about Johnny Depp? Uh, while they show his death scene, it was in the... Oh, yeah. He said, Johnny Depp was not getting it, and Oliver Stone can be kind of harsh with his directing. I mean... Back when you could really do that. He had the uh, he had the credibility to be able to do and that. And he would scream at actors and everything, and he had Johnny, like, with, like, blood in his throat trying to, like, struggle to breathe on the... for the scene. And Oliver Stone's like, bullshit, I don't believe you. Do it again. Bullshit, I don't believe you. Do it again. I think he did it to him, like, eight or nine times. And then... To the point where Johnny's like, "What the fuck is up with this guy, man?" And Johnny talks during the documentary about it, and it's very interesting. Well, I just remember Oliver Stone saying because I watched it too. He said something like, "He's like," he, and I knew he was going to be a great actor. He was too, way too pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he did say that he knew he did it. So, so just naming some of the actors: Charlie Sheen, Keith David. And whatever you feel about Charlie Sheen. Oh, he's awesome in this. Awesome. Uh, he was awesome in a lot of those. He's awesome in movies. some of those. Yeah. Uh, Corbin, not Corbin Burnson. Uh, what's the our other guy uh, from uh, Tom Barringer? Tom Barringer. Amazing. Uh, Willem Dafoe, award-winning amazing in this movie. And then, like, tons of other little mini actors. But what he had done to him is The singer he, for Living In Living Color. That's right. He was in this, too. Yeah, that's right. Corey, uh, Corey Glover. Uh, Corey uh, Glover. Yeah. Uh, John C. McGinley was in this. I'm sure we'll just keep thinking of people. Oh, who's the guy that on. plays the... The clown that farts in the Dark Man, John Leguizamo. Uh, John Is he Le- in this? John Leguizamo in Dark Man. <laughs> Dark Man. Oh, uh, what are you thinking of with John Leguizamo? That just throws me off more than if John Leguizamo's in it. I think he actually is in this. No, no, no. You're thinking he was in Casualties of War. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was around that same time. Every director, I think, at that time did their own war movie. You know, it seemed. But what. He had them come in to Cambodia where they were going to film this Vietnam movie like three weeks ahead of time just to uh, to live in the woods and put them through it. And what's his name? Uh, the guy that had that great speech in Casualties of War, Dick Dale or yeah. uh, Dale Dye. Uh, Dale Die. Dale Die. Dick Dale's the guitar player. That's right. I always do that. Uh, Dick, uh, Dale Die is is the one who's training them and putting them through stuff, but they're like letting them sleep in the jungle and then setting off explosives at the night and having them wake up. So they were brutal during the like didn't, training of it. Didn't didn't an insurrection break out? No, I don't think so. What, when they were fi- before they were supposed to film, uh, like they were I supposed to film somewhere, and this might be another movie that I got mixed yeah. up. Another war movie, but uh, they were getting ready. To, they had like... All the tunnels dug, mm-hmm. 
and then like a, lo- a local uprising happened. I think you're thinking of Salvador that happened Maybe. during that was the Oliver Stone uh, movie that happened where okay. it was like a shit show where James Woods was almost shot in the head and when one of the cameraman was murdered. Someone might have been that might have happened on uh, Platoon, but I think it was a lot more famous during the uh, the Salvador shoot. So I think he's just used to hostile environments and that just is what comes to it and everything. And so he well, had, this is his own story. Yeah, he had written this. this. He is, was in. He, this he, was about his platoon. So Charlie Sheen's character is basically based Oliver on Stone. him because Oliver Stone signed up for Vietnam. Yeah. And he wrote this movie while, while he, was, he there. was there. He wanted Jim Morrison to play him. Yep. That was like the goal. He was fascinated with Jim Morrison. Yeah, he really was. That, that's why it was perfect that he was the one that did the Jim the Doors Maybe movie. Maybe if I smoked pot and lived in the 60s and listened to the Doors oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. first when they came out. No, I think Oliver Stone was I went through a Doors the, phase. the epitome for and that. Then I'm, now I'm not. Was that? I went through a Doors music phase oh, yeah? where really? I thought it was it was like, wow, he's really deep. And now you don't like him? And now I'm like, eh, he's just a bloated alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Made up some words. I think he's got... Remove your eyes. I mean, he's a poet, man. You can't I mean, come up with a that. poet. I mean, for sure. But what was interesting to me with the movie is they bonded through the training exercises, and then they filmed the movie in order. And when you died in the movie, they shipped you out. You you hit the literally you got in the helicopter they brought you to the airport and you went home, and so it was like very realistic. They said in the documentary of of like going to war because then all of a sudden Johnny Depp's leaving and then Forrest Whitaker's leaving and then all these other people that are uh, major to the the production are are out there. So the realism in this it was movie, a very small post cast party. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. It, but, so it's our final shot. <laughs> just, Who's here? It's just Charlie Sheen standing around drinking. It's, it's Chuck Sheen and it's that guy yeah. that raised the weapons over yep. his head and screamed, we're going to have all the pizza for us. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, the realism and the, you, it dripped off like the screen I mean, when you were watching this for the first time. The thing is, I in, think it affected what you talk a lot to of people from, too. Yeah, when you talk to people that have been in wars, those images never go away. Yeah. So you're going to be able to recreate them. This is a little short sidestep, but I play golf with a retired Navy medic. Yeah. And he said he was in Vietnam. He was stationed on a either a cruiser or a battleship. Or, yeah. And he was on deck, on watch. And he said he was looking about 30 feet away. A mortar came in and hit his friend and blew his friend oh. into a, a million little pieces. And he's like, I could... I feel like I'm standing there watching it anytime I yep. think about it. That's why the horrible stuff that's happening in the, with the guns in America right now. It's, it, 19 it's, little kids it, got it's shot. Almost worse, it's almost worse for the people that were in there in the room. The teacher, the teacher they, he was the only one that survived that, uh, that room. Uh, he was on the news last night talking about it. that guy is fucked up the forever. rest of his life. Fucked Every up. one of them is. Forever. And that's why vets should be given everything they need because... You can't see those things. It did affect him, but I remember uh, Grandpa Haggerty loved this movie. He liked Platoon. I remember he did not like uh, Full Metal Jacket. He said the language was just insane yeah. to him. But he's, I remember him talking at one of the barbecues with the other people. He was uh, a drill instructor. Yeah, and he was a drill instructor during back World War II. Can, back and when you can hit He people. said this most realistic war movie I'd ever seen, which is what he said, and I think that was probably echoed did by most people. Did he ever go people. to war? I know Grandpa Dupree did. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That would be a mom question, and I'm not even sure she would know. But uh, it was just to hear everyone, and that was what was echoed by everyone. Realistic 
uh, war movie there was until Full Metal Jacket, and then it was an argument of which one was more realistic. Well, the the beauty of not to get away from Platoon, but Full Metal Jacket is two movies. Yeah. Oh, it really is. It is. It's two movies. Yeah. It is. It's two, two movies. complete movies. You uh, you know some of the characters from the first part yep. or part of the second part, but only a couple. And you could go in and just watch one and not oh, the yeah. other. Yep. And I I have done that completely different times. vibes. For the first, and it's interesting uh, to talk about that because for the, f- probably in my 20s and 30s, I only watched the, if I was going to watch a partial movie, I would only watch the drill instructor part. And then in my late 30s, early 40s, now I watch the Vietnam stuff, it seems, more often than the other stuff. Maybe it's because I watched the other ones so many times back then, but Platoon was definitely a more cohesive thing, but there was, uh, remember Bob used to watch this movie in Cessna, our stepfather, and he... Uh, would husband. always have to leave the room when uh, the village scene. No, uh, he he left the room every single time they left Willem uh, behind. He said he could not watch it; it was too hard for him to watch. Uh, the idea that they would leave someone behind uh, over there, and uh, because that was one of the most difficult things, you know, there had that the the movie kind of had that major shift into just being this one day in the life of soldiers when the uh, Tom Barringer, Willem Dafoe stuff started coming ahead. I mean, it was difficult and it was stressful. And then when they met each other in the woods uh, at the end and Willem was just happy to see him, man. Yeah. Just happy to yeah. see someone who was not a Viet Cong. He might not have got along with him, but he didn't uh, think anything Tom Barringer raised that spoiler. Uh, Tom Barringer raised that gun and shot Willem, and bad enough just that. And then he just turned around and walked away and claimed said he didn't see him. Same didn't see him. Or no, he or, he said he's or he, he got, didn't make it or whatever. He, he didn't said. make it. Like he was body was back. Yep. Yeah, you he know, got wasted or click. something. And then when they're on the helicopter leaving, and you see Willem not dead completely. I don't know how he survived the the gunshots, but he got up and he's just running, and you see like twenty five Vietcon just chasing him, and then he falls to his knees, and there's that the famous iconic chest cover or the yeah. poster cover uh, art for it and everything. But apparently, Bob had to leave the the room every time they did that. That that bothered him, and not the scene with Kevin Dillon in the village. And oh my God, that's a difficult scene to watch, man. There's a lot of difficult scenes in that movie just because they hit the realism yeah. so hard. I it's mean, it's a lot less difficult than Casualty the War to watch. Yeah, well, the more time goes by and people get desensitized, it's, it's still difficult to watch because when you watch it, it feels like you're watching almost. When I a hear about some of the crazy war crimes that happened in Ukraine, yeah, I was like. Oh, the war crimes? That's horrible, man. That's horrible. It kind of makes you glad that uh, that they were fighting in the woods, you know, back in like Vietnam. That obviously they went in the village and did horrible shit. But a, a lot of it was in the kind of uh, in platoon, at least it was in the in the deep, thick woods that they were fighting and everything. Because I can't imagine the uh, the rape and the all the other horrible just murder of innocent people goes on. And yeah, war's a bitch, man. It's it's interesting when. It makes sense that it would make for good dramas and good movies, and it goes back as far as time. I love black and white war movies. I have a whole genre of it in in, in my section of DVDs, and I probably that, uh, got over a hundred. Was it nineteen eighteen? Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. Yeah, that, that was, was a great a good movie, movie, man. Super, super good. That was probably the last really amazing uh, war movie. Uh, I haven't seen the. Uh, the mince, Operation Mincemeat yet, but it does look great. That's on Netflix. That'll be on my list for this next week, probably. Is that the one with the medic? 
Uh, that's the one where they got to uh, put the dead body in the water for the Germans oh, to yeah, find yeah, 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 uh, yeah. to find the intel on. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, that's it, gonna it be looks, awesome. It looks good, and they got that's my type of movie. Yeah, right yeah, there. that's and espionage. Net, on if Netflix. you do espionage and war together, yeah, that's always crazy. What was the I want to say favorite part of Platoon? What is the most kind of uh, powerful scene or interesting scene for you in Platoon? I mean. Some of the stuff I liked wasn't even the fighting as much as the camaraderie between yeah. some of the, like... Mm-hmm. But that one scene where they're arguing about going to report. Yeah. Um, and Barringer's Barringer. in the room, but you don't realize he's you in the room. You don't realize he's in the room. Yeah, that's a good scene. And he doesn't seem scared whatsoever. He's surrounded by a whole bunch of people that just trying to conspire against him, and mm-hmm. he's ready to take them all on. And they're scared of him. And, uh, Barringer's played a villain before, but I don't think he's played as intense ever before or, or since since he did in Platoon. He was scary. Yeah, he when, gra- but when he grabbed when he grabbed him and put it that little he pulled his little belt buckle yeah, that, knife out pull, that push knife a push knife yeah. and had it up in his throat and the, everybody else is like ten years man yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll give you ten years in Attica yeah. you stare crawling at crawling at the walls yeah and uh, it was an intense scene uh, probably one of my favorite scenes is when. Uh, when Charlie was sleeping and the other guy fell asleep and then uh, kind of blamed it, oh, blamed on, it on him on Charlie. Yeah, uh, it was such a, just in the, the swatting of the mosquitoes. They did a good job of just the, creating an uncomfortable environment that they would have had to mm, endure on a regular basis. I mean, there must have been probably a hundred different slaps of mosquitoes in the movie. The and you kind of feel that as a moviegoer watching it. The one thing that I hated about Vietnam, the more I study Vietnam, and I know a lot, but I don't know everything is just the senselessness of a lot of the, like, we got to take this hill, and then they take the hill, and then they abandon the hill the next day yeah. and to go and take another hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> We're just running around the jungle killing each other? Because we could just watch. drop bombs on people. You need to watch Hacksaw Ridge. That's what you need to watch. Next time you come over, yep. we need to, that's the movie, man, because it's it's phenomenal. It's really well done. Great war movie. Uh, yeah, that, that scene's always powerful. I love the the... The stuff that's going on, like behind the scenes, with while uh, Willem's getting killed with Dick Die, it's a hell of a war, you know. And they're like, Dale uh, Die, Dale Die. Damn, I'm gonna do it the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you do it different ways. You say Dick yeah. Dale, Dale, Dick, Dale, Dale, Dick, Dale, Dick, Dale, Dick. You said Dick Die this time. <laughs> He's awesome, man. He it was probably the best. You just created a totally different character. Um, Casualties of War is probably the best role he's ever had. That's the most kind of dialogue anyone has ever given him. But he's one of those. There, there's a slew of, of. He has that in every movie. They give him the the, the scene when Michael J. Yeah, it's like that's he, the scene. That's what I love that scene with him oh, yeah, in, yeah. in Casualties okay. of War. He's so good, and I think he's one of those guys that they these great directors have found. And we could make a. Well, he doesn't it, act. He well, just, that's the he's thing. He just himself. You look like yeah. R. Lee Emery's the other guy. This yeah. is the real guy. This is the real guy. Or the guy from uh, Beverly Hills Cop who played the. The police uh, captain. The police captain. That's the guy, man. And it's we could probably make a top ten of uh, because they came on as advisors, advisors that turned out to be mm-hmm. so good that they get cast in the film and uh, die. Arlie <laughs> uh, Emery and uh, the guy from uh, what's his name uh, from Beverly Hills Cop's got to be a top of the list, man. Wasn't the guy from RoboCop also in that? Uh, maybe he was an actual actor. I don't know. I feel like the RoboCop uh, boss was in that uh, same book too, but yeah, it's interesting as hell. Yeah, I love Platoon. I think it won best. It won best picture that year, and I'm pretty sure it won best supporting actor for Willem. 
That was like one of his. He had first. already done Salvador. Oliver Stone? Yeah. Oliver Stone had done Salvador. He had done probably Talk Radio. I think Talk Radio was probably Talk 85. Was Talk Radio was great, man. Oliver Stone's early stuff, every single one of them was good. Now, the bigger question was where did Wall Street fall in there? Because Wall Street... Wall Street was got to be 86. I mean, look at... Uh, it has up. to be 86. Because that's the period. 86, 87. 87 does sound right with Wall Street. Was it? Yeah, it was 87. So let me look up Oliver Stone real quick since we're talking about the dude uh, and see where his progression was. Because, like I said, in the early, from his first movie on, I mean, he really was kind of phenomenal. That, the uh, Wall Street is a, is a testament to the fluidity of my character. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when I idolized Gordon Gecko, and then there's a time when I idolized so he Charlie did, Sheen. He basically did two movies that no one basically heard of. Uh, 74, he did Seizure, and then The Hand in 1981. And then Salvador came out in 86. Man, Salvador and Platoon both dropped in 86. So it, he had a good year. But they have Salvador listed first, so it must have been dropped right before it. So this was his list for a little while. Salvador, Platoon, Wall Street, Talk Radio, Born on the Fourth of July, The Doors, JFK, Heaven and Earth, Natural Born Killers, Nixon, U-Turn, Any Given Sunday, and then things started kind of like petering off a little, little bit with... Uh, his 10-part series... Um, I love W. His 10-part series was great. He just... I, he, I told you about this series before. You should watch it. He just takes a subject from a country that's doing it right. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He talks about incarceration in like Finland or, or Norway. Oh, he's staying busy. And yeah, the JFK and thing one, is... That was the best... To me, that's the best thing he's ever done because, God, it was so powerful. You're like, well, why don't we do it like that? And you're like, we're such a crazy country, you know, where healthcare is... Oh, yeah. is because is is literally unaffordable for some people. That makes no sense to me. Well, he's one of those directors too that's always got kind of social issues yeah. kind of in the forefront on his mind. He's a thinker. He's a he's a conspiracy theorist, but not not where, a far. Where would you put any given theory. Sunday on the list of, of my favorites? No, of or, his. It's a it's a stray away from. What, it's definitely a stray from his stuff. He from, did he did several that you could tell that must have just been passion projects, or he was just maybe he's a big football fan that I didn't maybe. know about. But uh, so that JFK revisited through the looking glass is, is a documentary, and it's available on Showtime, which I do not have. Uh, I think it's the one I don't have Showtime, but I'm sure they're gonna put it out on uh, Blu-ray or something like that. So it, they all it. go somewhere. Well, else. They, they all go someplace else eventually. But yeah, those are two good ones, man. Taps. I don't think we're going to have two bad ones. We might have ones we've over talked about, but I don't think. Well, yeah, my hundred list doesn't have. Bad we'll we'll be fluid it. enough if it's something. Here's that, what I was thinking on the way over here. You, I don't necessarily like all the movies that, that you like. Yeah. On your list. Yeah, yeah. But I imagine that you probably like almost every movie on my list. Yeah. Like my, t- your tastes are way broader than mine. Yeah. Whereas I like a lot more than I hate, for sure. There might be a couple quirky ones that you're like, eh, I don't want to watch Plague Dogs again. I feel like I feel like Justin's is the probably the same way that I I probably like most of what. No, there's probably a couple on his that I might not even have ever seen. So uh, it'll be interesting. It, it's what's interesting is we're not looking at each other's lists. So I would be interesting to see what is just sit through and read it. But I like the idea of not knowing because if I had to sit down and make Justin's hundred list, I wouldn't have guessed uh, Uncut Chimps was on there. I, I I loved it. It made me rethink why it wasn't on my because it was such a uh, fabulous movie but like i said I, you got to be brutal when you're uh when you're making your top 100 and if you're going in order the last 10 
get I don't, fluid. I, yeah, I don't go in order. I, I've learned that that's just too difficult. It's I, I don't want to decide where. Goonies has well, to be number six. Yeah, I, I don't want to decide. Where. Is Goonies in your top ten? It's in my top, not in top ten, but it's in my top hundred. Top hundred. Yeah, it's definitely in my top hundred. It's, one it's number eighty-two. <laughs> <laughs> don't be guessing. If you guessed, maybe it would be interesting. But yeah, that's good for this week, man. There's uh, two great movies. I can't wait to see what we pick for these next few weeks. I love the kind of uh, roulette wheel kind of uh, feature of oh, this kind of thing. Okay. Where we this don't is know what's Russian going style roulette. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> movie so, roulette. No, just, just regular Vegas roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we, we can play we, it really poorly. Yeah, just, I don't like that their version of it. That game sucks. The swings seem really terrible <laughs> that in that movie, sucked. man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, if you want to hit us up and uh, let us know what's on your t- or if either of these two movies, that's what I'm interested in uh, more than anything, is uh, would either of these two movies, would Taps or Platoon make your top 100 list? Let us know on Facebook under Fascinating with Films, or you could uh, leave us a like or a comment. You could comment right on it. Be like, boom, this would definitely be on my top 100. Or you can shoot us an email, which is uh, fascinatingwithfilms at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But until next week, see you. Bye. It's beautiful, man.